Welcome to another episode of National Energy Talk. I'm Mark Stansbury, and today we have with us Andrew Ranson. Andrew is the director of the West Watkins Center of International Trade Development. And uh, before we get started on uh, the CITD and and uh, the efforts you have there is going on, uh, Andrew, I'd like to hear about uh, your, your background, about your journey of life. In fact, even before that, we were uh, working, uh, I was making a presentation before the uh, Small Business Development Centers uh, throughout the state of Oklahoma on a Zoom call. And it wound up that Andrew was on that, that Zoom call, I guess a couple of years ago or so. And uh, we followed up with each other on what each other were up to when it came to international trade development, energy, and some other things. And so it led up to some opportunities to work together. We're going to talk about that as well. But the journey is important to the audience. They always enjoy that. Uh, talking about, especially with Andrew, you're going to enjoy this, uh, those that are listening uh, to this episode. You're, and you might pass it on. They, the, the others should be listening to this episode because uh, Andrew's background in the, the business world and uh, international trade development and his actually uh, language uh, outside of English being Mandarin. And uh, he actually can sing opera uh, and uh, has been in that realm. You might expand on that as well. Andrew, because all these efforts that you have, uh, actually, there was one time that we I was on a business call and we introduced Andrew and or I introduced Andrew and mentioned it, Mandarin and uh, opera. And before I know it, one of the uh, those that was someone was listening on the other end said, well, I'd like to hear a Mandarin opera someday. And, and it also at that moment in time, he stopped. He said, I can do that. And he did it at that time over the phone. So it was pretty, pretty interesting time there. So so anyway. I'm getting ahead of myself. Please tell about your journey. Well, thank you, Mark. First of all, thanks for having me. I'm just uh, delighted to be uh, part of this and on your show, and uh, uh, excited to visit with you. Um, you know, as we as we continue to get to know each other better, we we often have uh, short calls that turn into longer calls because we <laughs> we certainly have a lot of things that we can talk about. But you mentioned my background, and I guess the, the thing that kind of triggered for me there is that, it, you know, when you think about, uh, I mean, I've had a pretty, you know, w when you describe my career, it's certainly not a straight line. It's, it's been a bit of a wandering path in many ways, but all, all these different uh, pieces have, have come together in, in many ways. So I guess the, the thing that struck me is it really all starts with a relationship. And when I was a boy, I lived in Western Colorado and I had a very dear friend who was a Japanese American. And so I remember being, you know, kindergarten, first grade, some, some very young age, uh, tasting a rice cake with seaweed and, and just thinking, wow, this is, this is really interesting. And none of my other friends have this cool stuff. Um, and then, you know, turns out when I went to university, they didn't at that time have a, an active Japanese language program. And so I ended up in the Chinese language program, as you mentioned, and I ended up majoring in that. I just became fascinated with the language. I had a, a musical background. And so the tonal aspect of the language really caught my attention. And then the history caught, you know, caught me and um, developed some, some great relationships through that time. Um, and then, you know, moved on into uh, working in my first job, which was doing international trade for a company in New York City. So I kind of learned some of the basics of, of the logistical side of the business. Um, ended up 
um, when I was when I was living in New York, working in that job, uh, I'd also had some singing training. So I auditioned for a singing job, and so I ended up leaving the the company to go do this singing job. Um, then I went back to China for some additional studies. Uh, ended up in Hong Kong, where I was able to at that time. This was um, early 1990s uh, when I got back over to Asia at that time and uh, ended up working with the Boston Consulting Group, BCG, in their office out of Hong Kong. And at that time, they were doing a lot of uh, market entry strategies for companies. And so I worked in that arena for, for a while. Um, so I, I've had, you know, like I said, I've had quite a, a diverse path. Um, I guess I'm a little bit hesitant to just keep going. I'll let you interject, Mark, or guide me uh, rather than just ramble for 10 minutes. But um, I can continue to talk about my path. If, uh, at this point, we've gotten to Hong Kong. I can either go back or go forward, whatever you'd like. Well, no, part of, uh, of, of missing was the education side in that, if I read correctly, uh, you attended Dartmouth. And, yes. uh, and uh, it's really interesting uh, that we have this conversation today because I had not looked up your uh, your bio for quite some time, and it, it passed by that you had gone to Dartmouth. But I had a part business partner uh, back in 1980-82 time frame. He was a former Boston Celtic. Uh, he went to Dartmouth. He had attended Dartmouth. Uh, he uh, I, I met him in Midland, Texas, along his journey, and uh, he was a geologist, and we did oil and gas work together. And he had a company called Lead Exploration, L-E-E-D-E Exploration. And on your campus uh, at Dartmouth, you have the Edward Lead Arena, which yes. is, uh, and that is my former business partner that, uh, that we did a lot of work together back in the early 80s. He passed away. He was about, oh, say about 20 years older than me. And he passed away just a year or so ago. And le left quite a legacy. Has a wonderful family, and had, has done so much for others. But uh, he drilled a lot of wells and active not only in the middle of Texas area where we became partners was in Oklahoma, in Arco Basin. But anyway, four-year anniversary of of having uh, been involved with a great business leader, and that was Ed Lead, Edward Lead. And so I had to throw that in. I know you also that was your BA, right? And then. Uh, uh, or bachelor's degree, that is. Well, and I got, you know, once again, you know, whenever we have a conversation, Mark, we, we always seem to find one more thing that connects us. <laughs> That's right. I, growing up, my idol was Larry Bird, and I played basketball all the time as a young kid. And oh, my goodness. So that's, there's, there's yet another funny, I mean, you know, who didn't watch the Celtics in the early, mid-80s, but... <laughs> anyway, um, that's a, what an interesting story. I did not, I did not connect those dots. So, yeah, Ed Lee went back. He, he was uh, quite the uh, scholar and, the, and a, a basketball player back many years before Larry, but uh, kept that legacy alive through the years. Uh, mentioning on occasion, it was be his kids would say the Boston Celtic because they they want to make sure their dad was recognized. But uh, but but he he has. I think he may still have the. One of the uh, school records at Dartmouth, as far as the school record, all those years, to my understanding. Yeah, I haven't checked it out, but I've been told that. But yeah, and, and you went from uh, getting your bachelor's degree at Dartmouth, I believe that's correct, to an MBA at Oklahoma State. Is that no, correct? I actually, so I worked for a number of years. So I, I uh, 
I, I went straight from my bachelor's into the workforce, and that's where I did the, uh, I was traffic manager for an import-export company, um, really learned the, the, you know, inner workings of dealing with the Chinese business, um, and so that was really an interesting period for a couple of years out of New York. Uh, then, as I said, I went back to Asia and worked, uh, I actually went to the Johns Hopkins University Nanjing Center for uh, U.S.-Chinese Studies. Uh, I may not be getting the name exactly right. It's, it's shifted a little bit over the years, but um, that's one of the premier U.S.-Chinese training centers that's a joint program between uh, Johns Hopkins and the, the Nanjing University. So I spent about uh, six months there before then heading to Hong Kong, where I was, uh, where I started working with the Boston Consulting Group, an associate consultant there. Excellent. And the journey from there leads you, how did you go from there to where you are today, director? Okay, so I'll, I'll try to be fairly brief. So, um, I actually moved back to New York City, and uh, I just, you know, I, I was in my mid-20s, and I thought, you know, this singing thing, you know, I had that one job, and, and it kind of caught me. Um, I got the bug, as they say. Uh, so I decided, you know what, I'm never going to have another chance if I don't do it now. I went back to New York. I started studying uh, voice very seriously. I studied Italian. I studied French. I studied German and, and mostly diction. I mean, I, I can speak a little bit of, uh, I speak German okay. I speak a little bit of Italian and I can pronounce French and Latin and so forth. You know, singing those languages. But I spent about, you know, I would work on the side. I would do consulting and, and marketing work and other things sort of as a, uh, to keep the lights on, as it were. Um, but really for about 10 years, I pursued a career as a, a professional opera singer and uh, ended up singing at uh, San Diego Opera, uh, Opera Colorado, a number of festivals and a bunch of smaller companies around the New York and Boston uh, region um, during that time. Uh, and then uh, I, I, through that, I met a girl, and uh, she happened to be from Oklahoma. And so uh, there's the, there's there's the, the connection. Yeah. Connection. Okay. All right. That's right. That's right. So uh, my wife, Trish, and I met actually in a show. And uh, we ended up falling in love and getting married. We had two kids. And then, you know, her parents started having some health issues back here in Oklahoma. So we basically just decided, you know, we're going to head back and, and, you know, look after them a little bit. So. We moved to Stillwater in 2003, and uh, Stillwater is about an hour from where she grew up in Ponca City, and so um, have really been in Stillwater ever since. And and it was funny when we landed in Stillwater. I thought, okay, you know, I've got these singing things going on, and I'm you know making my way, but I do need some other income. And so I saw this a building that had West Watkins Center for International Trade Development. I'm like, well, I've done that, <laughs> and so. I walked in the, the back door and uh, ended up meeting a few people that actually led to a different kind of job down in uh, Edmond. I worked for a company called Giant Partners for a number of years um, in the in the mid-2000s uh, before then going for my MBA at Oklahoma Baptist University. Oklahoma Baptist, got it. All right. Yeah, that, that was the missing link on the MBA, so Oklahoma Baptist University. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I I went back through my nose, I'd, I'd done some work with, uh, back in fact, about, it was established, I believe, in 1988, 1990, CITD, yep. mm -hmm. and uh, it was about that time I got involved. Uh, uh, Wes Watkins had been a congressman, and I'd kept up with him through the years, uh, 
and uh, got to know him uh, and 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 his, what his efforts were on the international side. So I'd visited with him, but there were some other individuals there at the CITD that were uh, were active. And so f- from the '80s till about the late '90s, I was somewhat involved with some opportunities, uh, putting some programs and things like that together, uh, partnerships, alliances with others and the CITD, and then got away from that for quite some time and then uh, through the years. And then, uh, of course, then we uh, got connected through the Small Business Development Center, and we're here today. Uh, since that time, uh, you and I have discussed several opportunities that could involve uh, the OSU graduate program that you're involved with and uh, the graduates that could help do some research and uh, help lay some foundation for me and my company. And so we've done some work together that way. I've, I really encourage those in the uh, in Oklahoma and the region to reach out to you to see if there's ways to work together from a research and, uh, and opportunities that way. And, and you have your, your own uh, workforce uh, in a sense to help that way. And it helps the student, but also helps us in a great way. So with that said, tell us about the CITD and the center and what you're doing there. And there are so many things going on there uh, that that the, uh, the state of Oklahoma and our region and na- nationally and internationally, as far as it goes, should be more aware of. You bet. Well, I, I want to connect one dot. I dropped a little note that I walked in the back door of the CITD back in 2003. I ended up working for a company called Giant Partners. Well, as as things would have it, 15 years later, uh, I I learned about the opportunity to come in as the director of the CITD. And so uh, toward the end of 2019, um, I did that. I, I became the director. And, and really, the, the mission that we have at the CITD at Oklahoma State is uh, it's really to improve the global competitiveness of Oklahoma. I mean, we, we, we kind of cast a broad, a broad mission in that way, and we, we address that in two specific ways. One is through uh, research, and that's what you mentioned. We have a number of graduate uh, students who work with us uh, on a, on a semester-by-semester basis, and we really try to focus on research projects that do two things. One is we want to do very well um, research, rigorous studies of things that are relevant to Oklahoma, but we want to do it in a way that it's not going to sit up on some shelf with an audience of three, you know, highly trained academics who can understand it. We want to write it in very much plain language in ways that, that can really express why is trade important to Oklahoma and really get trade and the topic of trade uh, more and more into the public domain so that people really understand and recognize um, the value of it and, and you know, hopefully want to get involved in it. And we also want to try to uncover what we call non-obvious opportunities for Oklahoma and for Oklahoma companies through that research. And then on the other side, we have, uh, as you mentioned, the Small Business Development Center. It's, it's an international trade center specialty center. So within the SBDC, which is a really a national network of entities that are there to assist local businesses, local small businesses. Um, this is a specialty center, so, so we really serve, uh, in, in essence, the whole state. Whenever one of our other uh, partners in another SBDC around the state has a client that needs assistance with international trade, um, whether it be compliance issues, helping to define international markets. And so, um, 
through, through that small business development center, we provide uh, no fee services for for those uh, Oklahoma small businesses to help them grow. You have a, a gold key program. What is the gold key? So the gold key, I, I think that's an important uh, point to make that the gold key is actually run by the U.S. Commercial Services. So this is a division of the, the U.S. Department of Commerce at the federal level. And uh, one of the things that I've tried to do since I've joined here at the CITD is to really build, uh, continue to strengthen the network of, uh, of the ecosystem that's here to support uh, Oklahoma manufacturers and others in international trade. And actually, um, my colleague Maria Lopez and I this morning had the opportunity to speak to uh, an audience of the American Indian Chamber of Commerce of Oklahoma to, to basically share with them how this network of service providers is here to help uh, Oklahoma exporters with, with their needs. And so the Gold Key program is a specific program of the commercial services whereby they would, would seek out, once you've defined what country you want to uh, address and you, you're clear on the, the product offering that you're wanting to, to position in that country, then the Gold Key service is a way to, to find uh, either distributor partners or potential buyers um, through this service that the U.S. Commercial Service has, where they have commercial service officers in the actual embassies of the, the U.S. Embassy offices. They're, they're not State Department officials. They are commercial services officials. And they plug into that network to help uh, identify those, those target customers and target companies that, that a company might partner with. Well, that leads me to uh, the Governor's International Team, because... Uh... We both uh, are fond of that organization. I know I, I got involved back in the 90s and when it first got started, a little bit after it got started. And uh, yeah, I can tell my age, Andrew, when you're called Life Emeritus or whatever it is, Life, <laughs> life Board Member, whatever it is. <laughs> and so, and, but you've taken on the lead of, of being an officer and so forth. I chaired the Governor's, Governor's International Team in 2007. And I know that you're leading the way. You might tell a little bit about what your position is and what you're doing. And uh, and also, you might uh, elaborate of what we worked together on uh, in the fall was a world, uh, a world energy conference, in a sense, uh, their outreach, at least, for Oklahoma and the outreach that we had. So, if you will. Yeah, you bet. So, the, the Oklahoma Governors International Team is a kind of unique uh, organization. It's a, it's a, a 501c6 nonprofit here in the state. And really the, the mission is to promote uh, international relationships, whether those be business, educational, governmental, or cultural connections. And so, um, as you mentioned, I am on the executive committee of that group. I'm sitting now as the treasurer. And so um, one of the real key events that we hold each year is a consular focused event. We alternate between what we call a consular summit and uh, another event called a Consular Trade Summit. And so this last year in 2021, in October, we hosted a Consular Trade Summit. And what we did is we partnered with the Oklahoma Department of Commerce, the State Department of Commerce here, um, and, and identified what are the key industry sectors that they are focusing on uh, building for Oklahoma. And then we created um, separate breakouts for those specific industry sectors, one of which was energy. And as you, as you recall, we had the consular trade representative from Mexico and the consular trade representative from Brazil 
um, joined you on a panel, which you which you led um, very well, and had some really interesting conversations about about those opportunities to to improve and increase the trade between our our various countries. So um, it's a it's a really interesting organization. Again, it's it's a fairly diverse uh, scope that that really spans business, education, government, and culture. Um, but we work closely with uh, Select Oklahoma, which is a, a group of economic developers in the state that are really um, seeking to promote Oklahoma, both uh, around the U.S. and throughout the world, um, as well as the Oklahoma Business Roundtable, which is a, a, a group of business leaders in Oklahoma uh, that are promoting business development for Oklahoma companies. And so uh, we try to partner with all those organizations. Um, we have government representatives on the Governor's International team, as well as uh, one unique aspect of the, of the organization is we have a consul, um, honorary consul. So uh, many countries have a representative in a particular state that they designate as an honorary consul. And, you know, it, it really is just what that title uh, imbues, which is it's an honorary function that, that uh, connects um, a, typically a national from that country with the uh, individuals in the state. Um, and, and our organization helps to both be a platform for those folks to share messaging from their uh, respective countries, uh, but also in the other direction as well. So that, that provides a really good conduit for us to connect with many other countries um, that Oklahoma wants to do business. Well, thank you for your leadership and on all you're doing with the Governor's, Inter Governor's International team. And, uh, one thing that I would like to uh, ask, really, as far as uh, reaching out to different uh, as far as uh, disciplines, energy being one of those, uh, is how can people reach you? What's the best way to reach out to you so they can be involved in possibly partnering or at least looking out from the standpoint of alliance with you and your organization in regard to projects that they might have? And you might elaborate as to what what those different disciplines could be. You bet. So I, I think that probably the easiest way would be just to go to our web page. And it's it's a little bit different than a normal um, uh, description. It's citd.okstate.edu. But that'll get you to the CITD's page. And then you can reach out from there. Um, we've got an email address, CITD, the number one, at okstate.edu. Or you can reach out directly to me. Um, Andrew Ranson at okstate.edu, and I'd be happy to, to visit with you and, and talk about uh, any potential project you might have, whether it be, um, you know, the, a company that wants to go explore an international market or has questions about specific uh, trade-related matters, whether those be compliance-related, uh, logistics, or, or other more technical matters in that regard. If we don't know the answer internally, we can connect you, as I said, into that network of partners across the state and, and you know, 90, 99% of the time to get you the answer that you need. Uh, and then on the, on the research side, um, we are building a capability with that, that team of graduate uh, researchers uh, where we can partner with organizations uh, in a contractual way if there is a specific research uh, need 
that also sort of aligns with the mission that we have to promote Oklahoma and Oklahoma competitiveness. And so um, we found interesting ways to do that and, um, you know, can be, uh, we, we can develop a custom uh, research program uh, in a way that could develop value for a company, but also brings value to the students that we have doing that research as they, they kind of learn how to build a practical research project and deliver some, some really valuable insights. Study abroad. You um, definitely benefited from study abroad programs. It sounds like in a big sounds like in a big way. And could you uh, t- s- uh, explain to those that are listening, uh, especially students that are looking at opportunities, study abroad through your programs? So, in the School of Global Studies, um, that's that's the division under which the CITD sits. Um, that's where OSU's study abroad programs. And so um, they have a variety of, of timeframes and you know, some, some very in-depth, longer-term uh, study abroads, as well as some short-term, maybe even just a week or a couple of weeks trips to, to various parts of the country. They also coordinate. There are a number of colleges around Oklahoma State University that uh, also um, put on their, their own uh, study abroads that are focused on their particular domain. Um, you know, whether it be an engineering focus or a business focused trip. And so then our study abroad group would, would support that. But I guess just in general, the value of, of study abroad is, is just profound. Um, being able to almost uh, to be in another country, but then almost look back at the United States through the lens of this other culture that you're experiencing and can really change the way you see uh, your role as a global citizen, um, as a part of a, a much bigger picture than, than maybe you thought of before. And so that's, that's certainly what it did for me. Uh, for me, the pathway to that sort of understanding came through also studying very much in depth the language of a different culture. Um, there's a lot of insights that you can gain through that. And so I'm a big promote, proponent of, of kind of studying uh, other languages pretty deeply because I think there are insights about the culture that you can, you can gain through that uh, that are even, even more than just visiting the country. But it's very important to just spend time in another country, understand how their culture works, uh, how they maybe do things differently, um, and, and get an appreciation for that, that sense of variety and, and uh, just fascinating and enriching and a really valuable experience that continues to serve me uh, in almost every aspect of my life. What advice do you have when it comes to reading? And uh, I know that you read quite a bit and, and uh, maybe you're, you have a daily, you know, as far as newspapers, journals, or maybe uh, books that you would advise individuals to read when it comes to not just only global trade, but development of, in business uh and in other areas of really uh, what you just talked about is through understanding of others uh, is part of that as well can you uh, tell us what you would suggest those that are interested in in uh, learning more about uh how to proceed in business and development yeah so i i learned a technique I actually, as I think I alluded to, I spent a lot of time in um, my career as a management consultant. 
And one of those periods I spent um, working in the technology space and I learned a technique, um, which is, you know, sort of the, the, the shorthand is building a river of information. And so using a lot of the technologies that are available, you can, you can build these very specific, essentially search engines that do all the work for you so that when you flip open your, um, you know, tablet or when you flip open your um, uh, mobile device, you you don't have to go searching for uh, the kinds of information that you really are most interested in. Now, it's a it's a filtering system, and so I guess the the downside of filters is then you filter out potentially uh, voices you you may not agree with. But if you carefully construct your rivers of information to provide you with a diversity of opinion about international trade or about uh, you know business leadership. Um, or, you know, all the different topics that you may be wanting to master and then spend, you know, I, I do read a lot. I, I have uh, certain times of day that I spend uh, reading. Typically while I'm eating my breakfast is when I, when I digest, uh, you know, news articles and those sorts of things. Um, in the evenings, I, I typically um, will read, uh, you know, more, more history or, you know, even novels and things like that. So, um, I, I do think that that reading a wide variety of, of, uh, of publications or uh, textbooks, uh, white papers, can just really broaden and deepen your ability to understand all the connections. Um, I'm actually uh, excited. I have an opportunity to teach a course this fall, and it's a course on the technical parts of, of trade, which is this uh, certified global business professional certification that, that is uh, um produced by the, the NASBYTE uh, group. Um, but what I've also decided to do is broaden the aperture a bit for that class and really look at global issues through the lens of trade. So, you know, if you think about, um, if you think about all of the supply chain issues that, that we have been seeing over the last couple of years, uh, you know, those, those really became evident during the, the COVID uh, outbreaks when we had a, an immediate shutdown of, of both supply and demand. Then we had certain kinds of demand jump very quickly back up, but then the supply kind of came back in an uneven way. And that unevenness continues even to this day across many, many parts of our economy. And, and what I think is so interesting about looking at global issues through the lens of trade is that you can start to understand those connections and those pathways uh, in a way that, that can be um, very, very helpful in, in understanding what's really going on so you don't get caught up in the, in the rhetoric as much um, when, when you hear things in the media or, or in uh, different sources. Andrew, we really thank you for being on National Energy Talk. It's uh, great to hear about your journey and your experiences, and we look forward to hearing more about those journeys along the way. We hope to have you back on National Energy Talk. Andrew Ranson, thank you for being uh, our guest today. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes of National Energy Talk.